Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Brought to you by Farmers at Farmers. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything when it's game time. Have an experienced player help you stay ahead of the game. Put their experience in play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. So last night, a national champion was crowned. And uh, full disclosure, I was there with my son, Hayes. We, instead of attending the game like a media member, I attended the game like a fan. I sat there probably 20 rows back, mid-court, great seats. Thanks to, thanks to the good folks at Infinity and the Coaches versus Cancer. Amazing seats, in fact. And I don't know how it looked on TV. I, I don't. I, You know, it. Those games tend to, CBS does a really good job making them look really pretty and really clean, but they also all look the same. Like all domes look the same. You look like you're separated from the crowd. They're up on a grand stage, which they are. But if it's possible for a 72,000 seat stadium, that's how many people that were there, 72, 602, to be intimate 
they nailed it last night. I mean, it was, you know, I, I can, uh, this is full, full disclosure. I have really good seats, really good seats. And my son's 10 and Saturday is a long day. You know, you got two games that even though the Virginia game, Virginia Auburn game came down to the wire, it still went short, probably went just over two hours. You know, with it's like a two and a half hour block for him, 30 or so in minutes in between. And look, we had the run of the place. We had a great setup with, with the, there's a skybox we could go to to get food. And in spite of the fact there's, it's a long day. And so Sunday I played in this Pringles celebrity game, which was a ton of fun. Told you about it yesterday. And so after, after that, we went to Mall of America, and I thought, you know, we could catch a flight home here, do the radio show from home, watch it on TV, have some people over, and not be worse for the wear because of it. Sell those tickets. And even though usually Monday night tickets are not nearly as valuable overall, you know, I mean, I'm not supposed to sell free tickets, but could have made some money for my wares, right? Could have made some money for my wares. So I, I'm, we're walking to the game after um, doing the radio show, and my son, was, he was tired. Like we're, we're on him, people about sleep, and it's a lot of travel, and he's a little guy, and he nonstop playing basketball, swimming, doing, just doing stuff. And on my schedule, where I don't sleep a ton, you know, he was tired. And he was like, man, maybe we should watch it on TV. It's going to be boring anyway. And I was like, you know what, bud? I've never watched a championship game with you. You're the only guy I want to watch a championship game with. In years to come, um, in years to come, absolutely we can think about heading home on a Sunday. But this time, let's go watch it. And he's like, all right. And the first half and the first slant stanza of the game it was pretty slow. But by the second half and the second part of the second half, the last six minutes, everybody's standing. Everybody's, including my son, who was able to like stand on his seat because it's the only way to see over everybody who's standing in front of him. And it was phenomenal. And I'm walking back and he's talking to me. and I'm like, dude, I'm still buzzing because that was an amazing, amazing game. Amazing game. Here's Tony Bennett uh, after the game explaining how last year affected this year. The quote that my wife actually I just saw, she went to that TED Talk, and it, it, you talk about being almost prophetic what that says, if you learn to use it right, the adversity, it will buy you a ticket to a place you couldn't have gone any other way. And I don't know, if, maybe we could have, but I don't know, going through what we did last year and having to, you know, it helped me as a coach, all the stuff that they talked about, I think bought us a ticket to a national championship. Um, maybe I'll say this. I think it's among the, it's maybe the luckiest run in the history of sports. Dead to rights beaten in three consecutive games against three really good teams. And they find a way to escape. Like is Purdue a great team? I don't know, but Purdue won the big 10. Is Auburn a great team? I don't know, but they won the SEC tournament. 
And I and Texas Tech won the Big 12. Like those are three really, really good teams. Three teams, and you don't, my, my point about bringing up that they have won some form of championship is you only win a conference, you only win a conference tournament championship if you know how to close out games. And to be down three last night with 15 seconds and come back and win. To be down four, you know, with 20 seconds the night before, two nights before, and come back and win. And then you go back to Purdue, be down three with, you have five seconds to go, send it to overtime and come back and win like that. And people get really mad when you say, man, were they lucky? Like, look, luck. The definition of luck is when timing and preparation collide. Right. And that's what he's talking about. Like what happened last year prepared us for this timing and it all worked out. But man, were they lucky. And the word luck, because it's, it's, like, a, it's like the four-letter L word. Well, don't you say we were lucky. We were good. Well, you have to be good to get yourself close. But they were, without any question, lucky, fortunate. Whatever word you want to use. But I'll use luck. You know why? Because before every game, what do you wish your teammate? What do you wish your friends? Heck, what do you even wish your opponent? Good luck. And yet somehow luck is this four-letter L word where if you say it afterwards, you're the worst person on earth. Not only were they lucky in terms of the shots that went in and the shots that were missed and the adjustments that were made or weren't made, but hell, they were lucky that we have the use of instant replay and that we have to go by letter, not spirit of the law. I, there, there was a play in overtime where Moretti's driving down, down the court after a steal and the ball's hit out of his hands. And we go and we look at it. Now, look, in basketball, if you played enough basketball, you know this to be true. You know this to be true. That in basketball, sometimes the ball will go off you, but you got fouled. And the ref, instead of arguing whether who the ball went off and, or, the, or hearing you that you, they missed a call, they just give you the ball. But now we've gotten to this point because there's under two minutes instant replay. We can go to the monitor anytime and we find letter of the law, not spirit of the law. And I would point out that replays kind of ruin stuff. You know, like it's okay for us to go back and to see that replay deflect, deflecting the ball to bounds went off of Moretti. But down three in overtime, in overtime, Kyle Guy drives, trips over his own teammate's foot. Texas Tech gets called for a foul, and there's no ability to use replay. And if I were to tell you, hey, 10 years ago, we shouldn't allow smartphones to exist because they're going to suck up every ounce of our attention. They're going to take away from our ability of our kids to have conversations. You know, it's just going to completely change the dynamic of who we are and what we're about. No question. Um, you would say, oh, okay, maybe. And then you see a smartphone. You're like, man, no way. I, I can't. I mean, listen, I had a, this is a true story. We had two backpacks. I had a rental car and I thought I locked it. Maybe I didn't. It was in a parking garage. I get up at 3.30 this morning to fly home, and there are, no, there are no backpacks in there. I lost a 
computer, an iPad, and a phone. And it was, frankly, it was my son's phone. It was my phone. Like, as devastated I, as I am, having to file a police report, having to talk to insurance, you know, having to explain to my son what I did wrong, and even if I did wrong, doesn't make it okay for somebody to steal and all that stuff. Can I imagine if I didn't have a cell phone, if I wasn't able to communicate with the rest of the world? On the other hand, wouldn't we be better off when we actually spoke to one another? Like when we had, you know, busy signals when we called in. So if you knew somebody else was on the phone, you'd had to wait. And maybe you could go over to their house and have an actual face-to-face conversation. Like I, I get that replay gives us a perfect depiction of what actually happened, but you know, there's other things that we can't replay, so it's completely imperfect. And last night was the perfect display of it. If I were to tell you, you could do without replay, like why would we do without perfecting something or getting calls right? On the other hand, stopping the game, creating timeouts where they didn't organically exist, going back and forth, and still probably screwing up the call to begin with. And you can't, you can't correct a foul call, which is not on the team that it was, it was called on. There's a certain amount of luck to that for Virginia and bad luck for Texas Tech. And there's also this thought of we have reached the point in sports where our desire to get every call right has completely made sports unwatchable and frankly, unofficiate, uh, 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 unable to be officiated um, in, in the spirit in which we desire. Like, why would you make a call? You can't make a call. Like, look, the, the reason that replay exists is so that egregious errors are overturned. And I didn't think anything they went to replay for was that, that egregious. But you point to the monitor, it's under two minutes. We got to do it. Stop everything. Oh, wait. We reviewed 15, 16 times. I, I thought replay in many ways screwed up what was a magnificent sporting event. And through no fault of their own, Virginia was incredibly lucky to benefit from a couple of calls, a couple of replays, a couple of made shots. And it just so happens to be the third consecutive game in which they have been remarkably, I mean, remarkably fortunate. And I'm not afraid of the four-letter L word. Hell, I'll call them straight up lucky. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? 
And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Stephen Jones, the radio station in Dallas, that Dak's new contract must be, quote, team-friendly. At the same time, this is Stephen Jones, okay, who's the EVP, the executive vice president of the Dallas Cowboys. At the same time, and I could do it in a Jerry Jones voice, at the same time, And I know Dak wants this. You want a supporting cast. That's the way to go down as being one of the great quarterbacks to ever play in the game, win championships. I just feel like we got to find our way to a place where the contract enables us to surround him with a great supporting cast, which a lot of it's in place. We just got to keep building on that and be able to fit Dak in. He certainly deserves to be paid fairly. He's a fourth-round pick at Mississippi State, as we all know. He's never made a lot of money, per se, with his contract. Certainly deserves to be paid and paid fairly. And these are all reasonable things. Reasonable things. Um, but then you factor in that Jerry Jones is like, hey, we're going to give him a new contract. He's going to be our guy, blah, 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 blah. You know, those things change dramatically because Jerry Jones talks about him like 
he's a top five quarterback in the NFL, deserted whatever he wants, we're going to give him. Whereas Stephen Jones has a much more balanced approach. Look, he deserves to be paid handsomely, but it's got to be team friendly. We got to, he's using all the code words. He's using all the code words. We got to surround him with supporting cast that's really good. In other words, dude, you got to take less. I know you haven't made anything, and we're not saying you're not going to make nothing. We're just not going to overpay you. They're playing good cop, bad cop. They're Riggs and Murtaugh it. You know? You almost wish you would, there'd be somebody else to go, Jones, Jones, get your asses in here. I like a good buddy cop movie. Uh, Cops is a good buddy cop movie, right? Um, what was the one with Kevin Hart and uh, The Rock where they had a buddy cop movie as well? Central Intelligence. Central Intelligence. Central Intelligence. I would ask Bayer, but he doesn't know anything about movies. So I'll, I'll ask you, um, Ramos, do you have a fav- favorite buddy cop movie? I enjoy, you talk about Kevin Hart. I enjoy another Kevin Hart ride along called Ride Along with Ice ride Cube. Ride Along. Uh, with Ice Cube, yeah. Yes, that good. was good. That's a, that's a good buddy cop movie. I thought uh, Bad Boys 2 uh, is phenomenal. I also thought that um, Lethal Weapon 3, where you add in Chris, uh, was Lethal Weapon 3 with Chris Rock and uh, Joe Pesci? Like, that's an unbelievable cast. Unbelievable cast. But Jones and Jones are just playing good cop, bad cop like Riggs and Murtaugh. One saying, give Dak whatever he wants. The other one saying, hey, got to be a team-friendly deal. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. So Aaron Rodgers has finally responded to the Bleacher Report piece where uh, basically, uh, basically, and we had uh, uh, Ty Dunn on who, who authored the piece, um, basically what happened was some unnamed sources and some named sources, most of whom, I think all of whom are former Packers, came out and said, like, look, Aaron Rodgers didn't respect his former coach, Mike McCarthy. Didn't respect change of plays, rolled his eyes, had bad body language, thought he was dumb, said he was dumb, and then the one guy he was tight with and he respected who was his quarterback coach, Mike McCarthy, fired. And that really created an even wider uh, rift between the two. That's essentially my read into it, right? Is if you read the piece, you came away thinking Aaron Rodgers, man, is he smart and man, does he know it. He comes across as an arrogant know-it-all who carries a huge chip on his shoulder. And you know what? I don't think that it comes out that bad at all. Does he come across arrogant? Sure. Does he come across, you know, as a guy who pushes people? Sure. Absolutely. But that pales in comparison to what Mike McCarthy comes across looking. Missing a meeting for getting a massage? Being, uh, having a low football IQ? What would you rather be called? Too smart or too dumb? What would you rather be called? Too hard driving or lazy? If you want to be a head coach in the National Football League, the last thing you want to be called is dumb and lazy. Like if you're Aaron Rodgers, yeah, it may read bad. 
But you almost feel like coming out, Aaron Rodgers coming out and saying this isn't accurate, this is an accurate portrayal, whatever. You almost feel like you give it more validation. More validation. Instead of, I didn't read it. People don't know what goes on here. We're going to work. Like, don't get me wrong, I get it. You know, I, I know that I understand when people say you're too smart, it's not actually a compliment. One of the places I worked, my boss, it was not a compliment, and he tried to, oh, no, this is a really compliment. You're the smartest basketball guy we have. Like, well, that, that, that didn't, this feels like a butt there, or a, yeah, it doesn't match up. Your words don't match up with your actions. That's because when, when people feel they're, you're too smart, then they, uh, they automatically think you're arrogant. And they get a little defensive and they shut down a little bit. What do you want us for the guy who not only is smarter than them, but knows he's smarter than them. And that's how Aaron Rodgers comes off. That's how he comes off. On the other hand, I'm okay being called too smart. I'm not okay being called dumb and lazy. Like, I don't even know. Mike McCarthy's the one who, and he has come out and said, you know, like, this isn't true, whatever. But, I mean, if we want to really kind of get down to brass tacks, here's what Aaron Rodgers said about the report on ESPN Wisconsin. It's ridiculous. It is 100% patently false. I talked to Mark early, like last week, and I said, Mark, who'd you, would you, <laughs> did you tell somebody about the conversation? He goes, that's ridiculous. We had a great conversation, like we always do. So, so that, that, that's just one point of that article amongst a number of highly questionable things. Not to mention unnamed sources. I mean, put your name onto something. The unnamed sources, right? Because Deep Throat was an unnamed source. Sources don't have to be named. If they're multiple sources and they're telling the same story, then that, that's journalism. You have to make sure you you cross your T's and dot your I's. You can't have simply one source. You can't have, you know, multiple guys can't have the same source going to different guys. If you do a thorough job, I don't care if it's anonymous because the idea of putting your name on calling Aaron, saying, telling some of these stories about Aaron Rodgers and the conversations that he's had. Now, if it becomes a source that mentions something that's hearsay because it's a private conversation between two people and instead of, instead of reading as, hey, this is what a source said about a conversation with Aaron Rodgers and there's only, you know, only one other guy in that conversation and that guy did not talk to the reporter, then you're using a third source that wasn't in the room that is hearsay and you're reporting what you heard. Nonetheless, I will defend unnamed sources. Unnamed sources is journalism. Absolutely is. As long as, you know, Tyler Dunn has an editor. He has, his editor has to feel comfortable with who his sources are, especially in a story that's strong. And Aaron Rodgers, of course, categorically denies it, kind of laughs it off. And I'm sure, I'm sure the truth is generally somewhere in the middle. Do I think that he thinks that Mike McCarthy's a dope? Probably not. But do I think he thinks he's super smart at football and some profound thinker? I do not. I really don't. 
I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. That he grew tired and weary of a style that allowed great players to just win and depended upon Aaron Rodgers to create things. Like, look, there there are some people that will lead you to believe, hey, Aaron Rodgers needs a strong offense. And you no, know, he doesn't. He doesn't need predetermined throws. That's for guys like Mitch Trubisky. That's for some of these quarterbacks that aren't at his level. They need an offense that creates windows for them so that they can get up to the line of scrimmage, make one read, and throw the football. And that's not what Aaron Rodgers wants to challenge himself. Wants to challenge himself. You know, he's not going to simply go off of, you know, go off of some cue card. He's not going to, he's going to freelance a little bit. That's what he's going to do. And I, I, I tend to agree with the, the idea that none of it is totally true, but it's more true than not true. You want to convince me Aaron Rodgers is really, really smart? I'll believe it. You want to tell me that being really smart and being really confident strikes some as being arrogant? I'm going to believe that too. Do I think, do I think he changed plays? I do. Do I think he waved off plays and rolled his eyes and had bad body language? I do. You know why? I saw it. Does, do I think that he thinks Mike McCarthy is an idiot? I don't. I don't. Do I think Mike McCarthy loved working with Aaron Rodgers? No. But I also think that most super talented guys are, can be hard to deal with. And, of course, you're caught in between when you're the coach, management who hadn't drafted well and wasn't willing to spend money in free agency. And a quarterback that knows he needs guys to get open based upon the way in which they're playing. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cotto Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I think the best team I ever played against was coached by our next guest. Um, in 1995-96, I played as a freshman for Notre Dame. And it was Notre Dame's first year in the Big East. The fourth best team in that league was Syracuse. They went to the national championship game. The, the, the third best team was Georgetown. That was Allen Iverson was on that team. Uh, Jahidi White, Jerome Williams, it's a junkyard dog. Victor Page, uh, who led the Big East actually in scoring. They, they was a stack squad. So Othello Harrington played a long time in the NBA. And the two best teams were UConn, Ray Allen. Deron Sheffer was the point guard. Travis Knight was one of their big guys, right? Like, that's a stack squad. And to me, the best team we, we played was Villanova. And they had Kerry Kittles, who was like 20 a game. Eric Ebers, who's a, like a 6'7 lights-out shooter. Jason Lawson was their center. With Alvin Williams. They had a big guy named Chuck Cornegay, who all he did was set screens, dunk, rebound, layup. Like, perfectly built team. And then they, they brought a freshman off the bench named John Celestan, who eventually became a first-round pick of the Lakers. Like, they had a squad. And they lost in the first round of the tournament. And it's not, I'm not bringing, when I bring in Steve Lapis, I don't bring him in to pour salt into the wound. I bring him in, he knows he's a, he's a dear friend of mine, a former colleague of mine, works for CBS Sports and uh, Westwood One. And Lap, like, obviously it was different for your teams because you lost Kerry Kittles and lost Eric Ebers. But, but, I mean, compare and contrast, you guys losing the first round with that great team 
Imagine if the next year you went off and won a national championship and then did so in the fashion that Virginia just did, right? There's some similarities there had you accomplished that, that task, correct? You know, you know, Doug, one thing I've known about you, I've known you for years and years, that you have an unbelievable insight into not only the game, but into the people involved in the game. I said it today I, on a radio show. I said, who was able to erase the lowest professional point of their career, and do like Tony Bennett just did. Loses to a 16 seed, comes back, and actually right now, Tony Bennett can laugh about that loss to UMBC. I cannot laugh about that loss to Old Dominion because I did not do the next year or the year after what you would hope to do to erase those feelings. So that's, that's an unbelievable way for you to start the show, and I, it is so insightful. I can't tell you because I talked about it today. Uh, I was not listening. I love you, but I was not listening to every every other <laughs> uh, radio show you did. Sure. The, the the other, but the 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 way in which you, where you and I are alike is like we're just we're just emotional people, right? Like you're an you're a New York guy. Like I'm a son of a New York guy, and we we don't have the ability like the grace where he how he carried himself after they lost, and they didn't just lose. They got run out the gym by UMBC. They're a once he get beat by twenty points. But that's the same. His his pulse never seemed to go up or down. Even this year, these last three games, they probably should have lost any or all of them. But maybe it's his demeanor. Is that does that translate to the team? You know what, Doug? You have to think it does. You know, and and I agree with you. I mean, this is a guy who is so even keeled. It's it's really hard to believe. And the way he handled what happened last year. And the way he's handled, even winning this year. I mean, he is somebody that really a lot of people out there, coaches, young coaches, need to emulate because he is really, I think he's a credit to the profession. He's a tremendous coach. He's a great guy. I think he does it the right way. And, uh, you know, he's he's just one of those guys that you want to put on a pedestal. Um, Okay, so let's get down to brass tacks. Um, I thought, look, I think Chris Beard's a masterful coach. But not taking Odiasi out, he makes the free throw to put him up three. And not going to that small lineup where they can switch everything, I thought that was a kind of a, as much as, you know, uh, Culver, uh, Culver can't come off his man in the corner and give up a three when you're, when you're up three points, I thought that one lack of a sub may have undid the entire thing. 1,000%. You know, when, when uh, Ty Jerome is coming off that screen on top, which, by the way, I know they switched pick and rolls all year. That was probably one they didn't have to switch. And Odiasi comes with Ty Jerome coming at him full speed, and he has no shot at keeping him in front. So he gets to the rim, and you got to figure that these guys are so programmed defensively by Chris Beard, because he is a tremendous coach, to, like, converge on a guy who's getting to the basket. Did they forget they were up three and they should give up the two? Because to leave... DeAndre Hunter alone in that corner, like they did, cost them the national championship. There's no doubt about it. So I agree with you 100%. Odiasi should have been out. Or if he's not out, and it's hard to say, don't switch that because they switch it all the time. But that was, a, that was a pick and roll that was you didn't have to switch because it was so far out and it happened so quickly. You could have gone under it and not worried about it. Instead, they switch it. Ty Jerome goes completely by Odiasi. He's at the basket. They react by coming in to him, Culver, and he leads DeAndre Hunter open for the shot of the year. 
Um, there was a couple of reviewed plays which create these artificial timeouts. And one, the one that everyone's talking about is David Moretti's dribbling down the court, looked like he mm-hmm. got fouled, and then the ball looked like, upon further review, it went off his fingers. You're a former player. You've coached at every level. So you know, like, this is one of the things that replay takes away is that sometimes if you miss a call, like, oh, I got fouled. Don't worry, I'll give you the ball out of bounds, right? You can't do that. And then you go to replay, and now you can't even get away with it, and you can't go back. Is there a way to fix that? Boy, I don't know if there's a way to fix that, Doug. You know, I mean, to me, that call should not have been overturned. I mean, uh, Diakite obviously hit that ball where it was going out of bounds from a physics standpoint. Now, you can look at it and say, did Moretti get his finger on it or what? I think that call should not have been overturned. I don't think there was enough evidence there. Hey, there was as much evidence there as there was in the call earlier that they didn't overturn. Um, so I, I just I, that, that was unfortunate for Texas Tech. I don't think that call should have been overturned. And how about the call they, 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 they call on Moretti for the trip? It wasn't even him. Yeah. No, was, and, and that's the problem, right? Like, you know, like, do you, are, you, are you allowed to challenge a foul that's not a foul? Like, we, we just get into this thing, and this is, yeah. it actually relates to, and you and I are kind of on the same side of this thing. It, it's a little bit like the, the paying the players thing, which is we got, a, we got a great game, and we're trying to perfect a great game. It's just like the NCAA system. We got a great system. We're trying to make it perfect for everybody. It's just not. And the more we try and perfect it, the more we, it's, it's imperfect. The more there's this un, law of unintended consequences, and we're starting to see them like last night when what should have been a foul then it gives the ball to the team that actually committed the foul. Yeah, I mean, you know, so, you know, you, you, go, to the, you go to the monitor, and it, they're going to, and you got to think, they're going to go to the monitor about more and more things, I think, in time. They're going to go for goal tens, I think, at some point in the last two minutes. So, there's no doubt that it's taken that element out of the game, that human element, which is part of officiating, that's kind of starting to get taken out of the game. All right, listen, I don't want to be negative because I absolutely love the game. Like, I had my 10-year-old son with me, and he was, you know... He I had saw the mis- picture, great picture. Uh, and he, you know, he, was, he wanted Michigan State to win. And then, you know, like, look, I, I know those guys, two of those guys on, on the staff at Texas Tech are former Oklahoma State uh, coaches, and I've known Tony for, hell, 30 years. I mean, I know everybody there. But I was, you know, it was a hard sale to a 10-year-old boy who's kind of worn down by a Final Four weekend where we did everything. That he was like, oh, this game's going to be boring. I'm kind of tired. By the end, I mean, 72,000 people on their feet. Um, compare and contrast, you and I sat beside each other at the end of Carolina Nova three years ago. Um, which one was the better game, in your opinion? Boy, you know, I, I'm going to say that one was a little better, maybe. I mean, just because of the drama of the way it ended. But other than that, this game was as good as it gets, and, and nobody expected it. You know, everybody thought, oh, this, and it, it start, the first eight minutes were pretty ugly. There's no Ooh. doubt about it. It was real. You know, we were headed for like, I, I, could, I, I, would, I said it when we were watching the game, that uh, well, I can see the articles tomorrow. The college game's a mess, and look what we have here. You can see it after the first eight minutes, and then all of a sudden it picked up. So the college game is fine. That was a tremendous game last night. I would say that Villanova win over North Carolina, because of the drama of the last, sh- last second shot by Jenkins, I give that the edge. But this was a great, great game. With a minute to go, Texas Tech is down two points. They get a bad 
call where they reversed that thing, and that's what changed it. But with a minute to go in overtime, it was a heck of a game. Yeah, it was. And remember, there was there was the other shot in the Carolina game that tied the game, oh, double clutch, yeah. but b- b- before the Chris Jenkins shot. Uh, Steve Lapis, uh, former Manhattan Villanova UMass head coach, worked for CBS Sports and for Westwood One, kind of spent some time with us today after Virginia crowned national champion. Uh, for the first time, joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. You're a New Yorker, uh, Bronx High School of Science, City College in New York, right? You started college. You started coaching at uh, at C, uh, um, at uh, City University, right? And mm-hmm. then, of course, you know, made your way on. You're you're a high school coach there. Uh, Chris Mullen gets fired. Like Chris Mullen is a New York legend. He's a pro guy, and like, look, um, those of us who covered it knew that he wasn't he wasn't a detail guy. But he did make the NCAA tournament this year. And now St. John's, the last two coaches they fired, have both made the NCAA tournament. And, you know, look, is it, is it still a great job? Like, we live so much on that 1980s St. John's. You're a New Yorker. What's the state of St. John's job as of today? Doug, it was way different when they were good. First of all, when they were really good, and they had Chris Mullen, Walter Berry, Malik Seeley, Mark Jackson, Ron Artest, all those guys, they all came through the Riverside AAU program. So Ernie Larch was a graduate of St. John's. He sat behind Louis Connorsecker for 25 years. Those kids from Riverside Church were either going to St. John's or where he went to law school, Virginia. That's where they went. I gave up recruiting those guys. Now, that uh, Ernie Larch has since passed away. The Riverside Church program is not the same. And the other thing was, Louis Connorsecker told me, he would walk into a kid's home on a home visit. He'd say, give me a napkin. It was raspy voice. Give me a napkin. He'd write on the napkin like $20,000. That's what they could legally give you because they had no dorms. So now St. John's is a commuter school that has built dorms. So kids have to stay on campus. Can't give them money. Ernie Lawrence is no longer there. So when people ask me, well, what's happened to St. John's? That's what happened to St. John's. They have to reinvent themselves somehow. And it's not that easy to do. Do I think it's a great job? I don't. And the other thing, the other problem with St. John's is you play in Madison Square Garden, which with 8,000 people in it or 9,000 people in it is not a great home court. And to establish a program, as you know, you've got to win 80% of your games at home. Yeah, you can do that when the garden's full, but how do you get the garden full when you're trying to build the thing up? St. John's is a difficult job. I'm not saying they can't win. It's yeah. New York. There's a lot. When people think about St. John's in the past, it's not what it was. No, and, and you also don't have, you may play Syracuse in a year and UConn a year, but you don't every year play Syracuse. You don't ever every year play UConn. You don't every year play the old Big East schools in the Garden. You still have Nova. You still have Georgetown. Georgetown's obviously not what it was. So in, a, in, addition, to, uh, in addition to trying to build the program up, and it's less of a it's not a St. John's town anymore. They still like a big event, but a big event town. You're not playing those traditional rivalries in the garden on a Monday night or on a Saturday night where you're drawing those huge crowds. No question about it, Doug. And that's, and so you put all that stuff together and, and don't get me wrong. St. John's can be good in this big East. It's I put it this way. They got a better chance of being good in this big East than that old big East. And that's not knocking this big East. It's pretty good. That's, you know, Bill Nova's been national champs two of the last three years. But 
They definitely have some things they have to do. They got to get the right guy in there right now. There's no doubt. Um, we mentioned your East Coast guy. You coached at Nova. You coached at Manhattan. You coached at UMass. And even though UMass is up in New England, several hours north, at least you can draw on the East Coast and those East Coast prep schools. Mick Pronin's a pretty a Cincinnati guy, right? His dad was a high school coach there. He was a high school coach there. He became an assistant there. He went to Murray State, which is not that far away, a couple hours away. At Louisville, Cincinnati. He's always been that area. Now he's coming out to L.A. How difficult do you believe it is for a coach in this day and age to make a transition from always being in one area of the country to being out on the West Coast? Well, you know what, uh, Doug? You probably can speak to that better than me in that you, you know, you lived, obviously, in Los Angeles area for a long time. It can't be easy. Now, the one thing I'll say about McCrone, though, is he's really, he has a chance to get better players where he is now because I think California is loaded. So, I mean, can he get those guys? Those guys come and play the way, and they, they have to be willing to be coached hard, as you know, because that's what he does. But he's a tremendous coach, and he's going to have a chance to get better talent than he's ever gotten in Cincinnati. Can he get those guys? It's UCLA. I got to think that he's going to get those guys, but there's going to be some of them that are not going to want to be coached hard. And you know he has a reputation for coaching guys hard. He's yeah. a heck of a coach, but he's going to coach hard. It's going to be more about selecting than it is about recruiting, and uh, there's some pitfalls there. But those are those are four million dollars a year from a for a you know. A uh, former high school coach in Cincinnati to pretty and good. a guy who they were they were on when he first got the job there. That's a that's a pretty good come up. It's hey Lap, uh, great job in the tournament as always this year. Miss working with you and seeing your face on a daily basis. Now get out and hit some golf balls and hit him long and straight. All right. Always miss you, Doug. You're the best. Thanks, man. All right, Steve Lapis, good friend of mine, former colleague of mine, CBS Sports and Westwood One. I'm Diosa and I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again with new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, 
Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.